Welcome to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show Podcast, a program all about caring for your animal companions. Now, here's our hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Hey, Lee, how you doing? I'm doing great, Rick. This was a great past week. I got to tell you, I was in seventh heaven with the dog show. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but the Aussie did really well. Didn't win inside the group, but at least showed in the group really well. And that just made my whole day, I got to tell you. Well, did any of the uh, prognostication uh, pan out for the guests that we had? Uh, Well, it did. uh, And Gail Miller-Beischer did a terrific job in terms of the broadcast. Uh, She had mentioned to us the dog last year that was number two, the Whippet, and the Whippet made it into the finals but didn't win Best in Show, nor did the uh, Samoyed, who also, she had said, would do very well. And I got to tell you, my wife, it was funny because I had fallen asleep at the end of the show and woke up to my wife just screaming in anger because <laughs> neither of those two dogs won and and instead she just she completely disagreed with it thought it was fixed and it was so, <laughs> so you haven't given us the the who did win uh it was oh i'm not remembering oh come on lady i'm not remembering rick uh, it was it was the oh it's oh, he, a little he, for those who are listening his hands are small it's so it has to be a toy. small dog. It was a toy dog. <laughs> It was the Pekingese. That's okay. Right. That's right. Oh, they all, the they Pekinese. always have a tendency of stealing the show. They do all that fur or the affin pincher. I've noticed those two dogs really yeah. do steal. But it was just it was a blast to watch. And I got to tell you, it even was, though you fell asleep, even though I fell asleep, but okay. it was on. a blast to watch. Three and a half hours, Rick. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, I well, mean, well, when it counts is at the end, my friend. I understand. take your naps at the beginning next time. <laughs> well, I'll do my best okay so but it was great but rick i've got even better news for you because this week's show is going to be a treat for you because i have by sheer luck found someone who we've got with us in the studio and she is absolutely oh they were just walking by is that what you're saying just by luck no but i've got to tell you it was it was serendipitously hey (laughs) ma'am Come into the come into the radio show. Well, I got to tell you, it's it's not far from there because the truth is, I was just searching and somehow came across a farm and they had alpacas and they had sheep and I'm thinking, wow, you know, it's been a long time since we've talked about a subject like that. But having met this young lady who we've got coming on, I mean, she is absolutely living life as an adventure. She is not someone who is shy about life or can predict, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this in a very rigid way. She is living a life that I don't think most people, if they, I don't even know if they would want it. And if they got it, I don't know if they could handle it, myself included. But the truth is that she would be a blast to live life vicariously through. And her name is Gabrielle 
Feichner, and Feichner, excuse me, and she is going to be a terrific guest. So you will have great fun with her. Well, good. Um, I'm always looking for a little adventure, even if it's vicariously. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's going to be a terrific show because the experience she can tell you, she is really an expert when it comes to alpacas. She's at a point where she is helping train alpacas. She can teach people how to get them and the procedures and the backgrounds of them. Knows a ton about it. She knows a lot about llamas. Rick, she's owned rams. Who has Rams in this area? I mean, there's a football team in Los Angeles, but outside of that, I don't know anybody who has Rams as pets. And bottom line is, this young lady has had them at the same time that she owns a business that is a pretty substantial business, has two young kids. I mean, who has time? I'm, I'm exhausted just from having met this young lady. And uh, she has just got a great personality. It's going to be a fun show. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Well, let's get on with it then. All right, then. That's where we'll go this week on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Almost every day, another customer at Liberty Coins in Frandor has an unexpected happy experience. When a woman was doing her spring cleaning recently, she happened to hear Liberty's radio commercial of another customer being paid much more than expected. She gathered together some items she was planning to throw away and brought them to Liberty. We found some jewelry pieces were solid gold or silver. She guessed she might receive $150. Liberty made her day when we paid her $800. What hidden treasures might you have? Pick up a free copy of our Cash in Your Treasures brochure in our store or view it online at libertycoinservice.com. For 50 years, Liberty Coins in Frandor has been the right place to go. I'm Tom Coulson reminding you to put cash in your pocket today. We're Liberty Coins. We're right on the money. Is it time to get your dog spruced up for spring? Give us a call at 333-WOOF to schedule your dog's day of pampering at Doggy Daycare and Spa. All of our grooming services include customized shampoo and conditioning treatments, individual attention, and we never, ever use cage dryers. Our spa specialists only use patient practices, making your dog's grooming experience a positive one. We offer convenient appointment times at both of our locations in Lansing and Okemos. Call us at 333-WOOF, that's 333-9663, to schedule your dog's visit to the spa today. Doggy Daycare and Spa, where the hip pounds hang out. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Red. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us in the studio a first-time guest. Her name is Gabrielle Feitner, and she owns a business called the Feitner Family Farms. And it's located in Hazlitt. And, Gabrielle, we want to welcome you into the studio and onto the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. Gabrielle, can you explain to our listeners exactly what it is that you do at the family farms? 
So um, uh, the farm has been going since about 2018, and um, we have you know a, a flock of alpacas uh, breeding stock, and you know some pet quality, and we do a lot with training them, and we also have a really small flock of hair sheep um, that you know are very friendly. Same thing, we work really hard to train them and socialize them, and and you know we're out there every day and just enjoying their company. I, I would like the listening audience to appreciate the animals for what they are. And I spend a lot of that time in our business where somebody that really doesn't understand what this unusual fish is even going to be like as a pet or a chinchilla or a degu or you name the animal, a macaw. What are these animals like as just animals, pet or no pet? What kind of remarkable characteristics that people don't think about that happen to be case in point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so both of those animals are prey animals. So they're going to be a little bit more flighty by nature. Um, I always kind of compare them to cats versus dogs, if that makes sense. You know, they're sure. a little bit more aloof. Um we selected hair sheep to be on the farm because they're very, very easy keepers. And most people only think of like the white woolly sheep. Um, ours are all different colors. And really, they feel more like a Labrador retriever when you pet them. And they shed out their coat in the springtime, just like a dog would. Um, well, I wondered how you got those blue sweaters. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all different colors. And that pink one. And that pink one. Man, I can't wait to go out and look yeah. at your farm. We have, right now, the sheep, um, we have a bunch of black and white combos. And we've got some, like, really pretty, you know, tan combos. And um, But, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest characteristic of them is that they shed their coat. And yeah. they mow the lawn beautifully. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you got to get goats because they're friendly and they mow the lawn. Aren't they and- a little too aggressive at mowing? Um, goats? Go- I, yeah, they can eat a lot more, you know, vegetation quicker. Than you want? I, yeah, sometimes. Um, but, I mean, goats are, are also, they're great, too. But they they like to test fences, and they're a little bit more adventurous. Uh-huh. The sheep will stay in. So well, I, I've never. Sheep or sheep. Yeah. You know. You know <laughs> I've never come home and been like, oh, my gosh, the flock has escaped. And now we got to round them all up. They're, they're always in their pen. <laughs> they're not trying to climb the fence. <laughs> and, you know. We work really hard to socialize them and train them, you know, so we have... um, Are they smart? Yeah. And cooperative, or are they just dumb and therefore cooperative? No, I would not put like sheep. Like sheep. Yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> sheep, sheep definitely have the the reputation of being stupid. You know, that, that's right. kind of where it comes, where the, all that comes from. Um, I've met some that are not as smart as others, but the ones that we have, like if I go out in the field and I say pineapple, who's like our favorite sheep, pineapple, step up for treats, she's right there in a hot second. She okay. knows that treats are coming. I can put her on the scale. I can lift up her feet to, you know, check the toenails and things, the little hooves. Um, And they all know their names. And when you actually scratch their back, they wag their tails like dogs. (laughs) And they have long tails, too, Uh um, which most people don't know. Uh Um, So Uh we don't dock the tails. Since they don't grow the wool, they don't really need their tails docked. And they come up and they want want their neck scratched. They want their their back petted. And they're going to sit there and wag their tails just like a dog. And one thing that people don't ever know is alpacas and sheep do not have top teeth. They don't have teeth here. What? Yeah. 
For real. They do not have teeth there. It's just like a gum-wrapped, like a hard palate. What's the... Benefit? Yeah. Um, they're beautiful lawnmowers, like I said. <laughs> they, they do a really good job. Because it's um, easier for them to pull the grass pull, uh, because well, they, it's of a wider... They have a wider grip or something? I, I mean, so I don't know, like, the evolution behind why, but, I mean, yeah. the sheep and the alpacas do not have top teeth. So it, they're awesome for kids. Because, you know, with a horse, you feed a horse and you tell the kids, like, keep your hands yeah. really, really flat. You don't want them to bite or anything. I mean, you could have a little itty baby come up there with a, yeah. a wrinkly hand and feed in it, and they will not, they can't bite. They have bottom teeth. Yes. And mm-hmm. so that's more like, almost like a scoop, and then they toss it to the back and then have molars. Huh. Mm-hmm. Kind of just tear it and throw it to the back. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, explain me the, the difference between this sheep and a wool sheep then. Um, I, so I, wool sheep are generally a little bit bigger, um, okay. but they're going to need to be sheared every year. Um, okay. The wool sheep are also producing a lot more lanolin, so natural oil. So you see all those lanolin lotions and things. Uh-huh. Um, that's coming primarily from a wool sheep. Uh-huh. Um, the... Uh, hair sheep like we have is primarily for meat purposes, and um, the lanolin tends to make the meat taste a little bit more gamey. So by having the hair sheep where it sheds and it's not producing as much lanolin, you get a really, really nice meat out of it. So that's that's their purpose in the industry. And Our, you're on your farm, is that their purpose? No. Um, they're friendly lawnmowers. So um, they're mainly functioning as lawnmowers. You yes. do nothing with the fur. Yep, because there is none. The there birds is just, none. the birds just take it away. It's just like a dog fleece, you know, if it's if it falls out outside, the birds will take it and says, "Hey, thank you." Yep, Let's and then this. exactly, <laughs> yeah, and then they use it for that. Um originally when we got into sheep, I thought that we would be doing more of a meat sheep farm and selling like the boys to market. Um So what are you doing? Selling them as to somebody else? So what we sell them, the first year we did sell some to market. Um you get very very low prices for for the you know the meat in okay. general, uh-huh. um, and so no way was that a sustainable business plan for us. Um, so then we ended up we our very first sheep we bought pineapple. She was just persistently friendly and easier to handle than everybody else was. And so then my husband and I just for ease of you know, herd maintenance, we're like, okay, we got to try and desensitize some of these other guys. And then we worked on it. And then lo and behold, the babies that popped out the next year also let us handle them and do lots of things with them. Uh And then anybody that was resistant to it, you know, we sold to commercial farms or larger flocks. So they they don't really have that need to handle because they have all these extensive facilities and help. I love this. We didn't. Um, So you kind of filtered through and, you know, I kept the genetics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, as far as I know, I was the only person really breeding for temperament and for pets. Um, and you do get more money for the sheep, you know, if it's a pet versus a, right. you know, a piece of meat. Um, and so, yeah, we had people come from all over the state to buy our lambs because they were handled. And the females you handle differently than the males. Females are going to get handled a lot more because they're going to need potentially birthing assistance someday and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you always scratch a sheep from under the chin, never on the top of the head. Because uh-huh. if you they get used to coming up to you and putting their head down, down, it's reinforcing that ramp. 
lambing instinct, right. our sheep come up to us with their heads up towards the sky because they want <laughs> their, their chin scratched. And that's how you want them to be trained. Yeah. And then the males, yeah. you want them, we train those to always give us about a four or five foot radius, no matter what we're doing, uh, because eventually they're going to they're going to you know, become sexually mature and have a lot of testosterone flow in and they are more likely to ram, you know, and and cause trouble on the farm. So, so they're by training staying four feet distance. Yes. Yeah. So and, and by that doing that I do? shoo shoo if they, they it's come. not that difficult to make that happen? No, no. It's um much more difficult to resist petting them and cuddling them when they're little. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. the females we do that with, you know, and we're, we're petting and um, not picking up. If you pick them up, we learned this too. If you pick them up to train them and to carry them around like you would want to do to an adorable lamb, they're going to hate your guts. <laughs> so, Rick, what she's saying is you can train sheep to keep four feet distance, but you can't train humans to keep six feet distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's what she's saying. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so – do you with the males they never you never pet them no so they're just like so how do you define them as friendly um they are non-aggressive so we we, yeah so we're you do hear lots of horror stories of rams just out in the industry that Uh have all of a sudden like turned on the farmer and you know really done a lot of damage um ours we always had a very very docile ram that we used so by default you know like I would never breed an aggressive ram it, it, through through mm-hmm. our program. It just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are like, eh, I don't really care as much because they may have a commercial facility and this more aggressive ram has awesome bone structure, awesome meat build. Yeah, yeah. It's not as big of a deal. Um, yeah. But for us, it was paramount, you know, that they were extremely docile. And whenever they – another test for a ram too is, you know, day to day you want them four feet apart – but when I, you know, throw some treats down in a, a catch pen, um, so it's a small area that um, we can then work with them, they're not going to try and kill you. <laughs> yeah. You can, you know, put your arm around their neck or whatever, check the hoof, you know, do a sh- their, their yearly shot and things like that. And they're, they're going to stand patiently and then they're going to bolt as soon as you let go. Versus try to confront you. Yeah. Um, so we did. You do work with that a little bit, but it's it's again it's very minor in comparison to what you do with now, the females. Pineapple is a ram. No, pineapple is one of our female sheep. Female sheep. So we have okay. um, at the farm now. Um, they're all pet status. They're never going anywhere. We have pineapple, Snow White, Princess Sophie, um, named after the <laughs> the cartoon character, and um, Bumblebee. So okay. those are the four, and their function now we we've kind of we've definitely downsized our sheep, um, you know, side of the business, and way upsides upsize the alpaca side of the business. So the the sheep function right now is they occupy the pasture that separates the female alpacas from the male alpacas. So it's that physical distance. Mm-hmm. And then um, if I have anything weird and I don't feel like mowing the lawn, I let them in the yard too. <laughs> Great. Can they be your only go-to yard mower? Or yeah. It, yeah, they, for sure. They do a substantial amount of it's, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They eat all day. It, I, I guess I've seen where 
they take, I thought it was cheap, maybe it's goats, where they take them out in areas. And they do it with them, both. Mm-hmm. With both. And mm-hmm. you can, like, they get hired out Correct. to go and mow. Yes. Is yeah. that a... That's absolutely a thing. Um, not a thing for you guys no, at this point. Yeah, no, not for us. Um, we, you know, my husband and I both work outside of the home. You know, this is our, our farm. We do it in our, our spare time. But, um, you know, so I would not have time to go and set sure. up a pasture. But it's a thing. It's totally a thing. All yeah. right. And I, I know people that are doing it, and it is successful. And, you know, it's popular to mow under, like, solar panels, for example. And um, goats are really, really good at clearing poison ivy. They love to eat poison ivy. Huh. Um, so that's it's definitely a thing out there in the industry. It's just not what we do specifically. Our market was definitely... You know, let's make everybody socialized, handleable. And um, I get awesome videos from, you know, some of our customers from, you know, years prior and from this last year. And they've they've got their sheep out in their yard and they're walking it on a leash and it goes all over and it follows the kids, you know, and they, nice. they do a great job. And then um, all of our rams. Went, so those are the females. All of our rams went to be studs mm-hmm. because they did. Ha- they do have really good bone structure. We have really good genetics. Um but with that, you know, extra docile temperament is just like the cherry on top for, for a good ram at a breeding program. Well, I didn't expect all those answers. For, <laughs> yeah, I know. And, I talk and, a lot. And, and, and no, that's fantastic. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to, all, to the alpacas, to alpacas yet. yet. Yeah. So, yep. I warned so, you, Rick. I warned you. <laughs> so, we're going to have to we're going to have to take a break. But, uh, you know, when we come back, I'd really like to learn more about the alpacas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have we a preference between sheep and alpaca? Oh, it's animal-based. I have favorites of both species. Okay. Yeah, okay. for sure. It's all about it's all about their their temperament and their personality. It's all about personality. So you're not going to give a uh, a tilt to one way or the other. No. I mean, so we started with the sheep. So that's you know, it's like my my heart is there for sure. Um, but I I love the alpacas. I really love the alpacas. Well, we're talking this morning with Gabrielle Feitner from the Feitner Family Farms, and it's going to be a treat. So come on back right after the break, right here on thirteen twenty WILS. Once in a great while, a streaming service comes along that changes the landscape of home entertainment, introducing Proust Pets, Ponds, and Water Gardens, a streaming service that changes the landscape of your landscape, featuring cutting-edge technology like running water, live fish, and rocks, with a download size between 50 and 5,000 gallons. And pausing your water feature is just as easy as walking away. All Proust Pets water features come with built-in theft protection, literally built into the earth. So unless someone plans on deadlifting your yard clean out of the neighborhood, your water feature is safe. Bruce Pets can update your application anytime with new features, including more fish, vacuum and cleaning rentals, and troubleshooting to keep your system running smoothly. Visit Bruce Pets in Old Town to learn more about the future of home entertainment. Kind of. Sally Babbitt wants to help you plan for your pets. So it's very important that as a pet owner, we take care of two things. 
come up with a succession plan for who's going to take those pets and also come up with a way to fund that. Sally Babbitt will work with you to make sure your pets find a loving home in the event of your death or incapacity. Because we all know, for example, I have a a beautiful Great Dane, and she's wonderful. But she also has some special health problems. So I understand that to have someone take her in is fine, but that's also a financial burden on them. And so I would need to think about setting aside maybe some money to take care of that animal. And going further, how far do we go with our pet's care? when we're gone. Plan for your pet's future with Babbitt Legal. I am on West St. Joe Highway, 6005 West St. Joe. I am just conveniently located a quarter mile from the Big B. 517-507-3306. with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we're talking this morning with Gabrielle Feitner from the Feitner Family Farm in Hazlitt. And Gabrielle, before the break, uh, we had the opportunity to hear all about sheep, your initial animals that you got involved with. But the thing that had intrigued me about you was the degree to which you were involved with alpacas, because it seems like you have become, to say you're in knee deep is probably not fair to say it's deeper than that yeah, so we're off the deep end we're, well, we're in well why don't Committed. you well, we're really in yeah well why don't you share with our listeners exactly how that came to be um yeah so we have if you follow our facebook page it's just fighting our family farms um if you search that on facebook we have a celebrity llama on the farm her name is llama judy um, and I bought her originally to guard the sheep, and she did a beautiful job. Um, you know, if there was any danger, she would make sure the sheep all – she kind of her, would herd them into the barn and sit in the doorway. Um, and she's she was getting older, and so about a year and a half ago or so, um, you know, I went out into the back pasture, and I found – she didn't come up for dinner. So I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Um, and she's 15. And they live to be about 15 to 20. So you're getting there. It's on my mind, you know, that this could be it. Um, And then so I've got her up, was able to pick her up. And she followed me slowly to the barn. We had the vet come out and they're like, we don't really know if there's anything wrong with her. Um, Gave her some pain meds just in case something was hurting. You know, arthritis kind of covered our bases that way. And then the vet said that, um, you know, maybe she just needs a few friends. And... The guard llama industry is, it's really kind of polarizing. You either try it or you don't try it. Um, and some people, its that's a whole show in and of itself. But at any rate, what, we tr- what do you mean you try or don't try? Don't try so the having a guard llama versus a dog. Okay. Um, in with the sheep. So llamas and llamas and alpacas are from the camelid family, and they're highly social animals. Um, so in our case, Llama Judy definitely did bond to the sheep, but it took a while. It took, I would say, maybe eight months or so. Mm-hmm. And it, when the babies were born, she just is overjoyed. Like, she literally runs laps around the barnyard when the babies are born. She <laughs> loves the lambs. And so, but it was almost like this piece of her life was missing. And she, like I said, you, you find an animal down. Whenever a, a livestock person said, I had an animal down, it's like, it's bad news bears. It means they're they're on death's doorstep, pretty much. Um, and so, 
then I was like, you know, the kids are crying. Everybody loves Llama Judy. And the vet was like, you know, try some friends if you can. It's in the middle of the pandemic or at the start of the pandemic. Maybe you can find a, some some camelid to go with her. Um, so we bought our first three um, alpacas over FaceTime from a farm up north um, uh, called Cotton Creek Farms. They're awesome. Love them. Um, and so they took their FaceTime camera out in the barnyard and we FaceTimed for hours because they had a lot to choose from. FaceTime for hours and picked out the ones that were number one in our budget and number two we thought would be friendly. <laughs> um, so we kind of were sticking with that friendly theme, you know, because, we, again, we have two little kids. So my husband went up there. We had a non-contact curbside pickup. Nice. <laughs> the alpacas. <laughs> um, and brought them home. And then immediately she perked up. Um, Llama Judy is still with us today. And now I have 21 alpacas. <laughs> now, well, so, how did we get from I'll get a couple alpacas to, like, to go with more. Judy? Yeah. And okay. now we have so over one 20. Of, one, yeah. One of them was um, expecting a Kriya in the summer. And then I started, and we were so excited, you know, to, to have a baby, you know, alpaca on the farm. And they, they and it's will, called what? A Kriya. It's C-R-I-A. Hmm. Um, yep. And so they were expecting, she was expecting. And um, then I was doing lots of research and everything, everywhere I read said, gosh, you really should have two Kriyas. So then I go on the hunt for another um, mother alpaca that is expecting about the same time. And I find one. Um, so she comes to the farm. Uh-huh. And then I get a phone call. You know, there's these three boys. They don't have a home. Um, and they're free. Just come get them. So then we got three more. And then we have, um, oh, I ended up buying a couple f- over the winter time from an awesome lady who worked with training them a lot. And uh-huh. so originally we had just kind of gotten like – I don't want to say wilder alpacas, but not handled as much. And then, um, you know, the three rescue boys that we got initially, you know, we worked on halter training them and found them a new home. And so that worked out really well. And then took in a few more kind of from a, a dire situation. That's that's We've done that a couple times this year and rehomed them. And then, um, you know, these two beautiful babies pop out and they're a blast and we love them. And the kids are like, well, when are we having more babies? Um, so the gestation on the alpaca is 11 and a half months. So it's a long time to wait. Wow. And we didn't own any studs. So, you know, this winter I go out to an awesome um, show farm in Michigan and I pick out three really nice boys. Um, and they're, it's Kings, Titanium, and Chocolate Revel. They're all different colors. They're beautiful. They have great temperaments. Um, halter trained beautifully. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, we've got boys to go with our girls. And then, you know, end up I bought a um, girl that is, you know, set to go to the show in the fall, who's like a really, really nice girl. And then while we're doing this kind of still rehabbing and rescuing any wayward alpaca that we run across. (laughs) So a lot of it seems to be rescue and some of it tends to be passion and focus on specific breeding breeding and such. So it's kind of a, and then it sounds like you're doing some rehoming. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because we've had, um, this year I think we've rehomed like 10 or 12 um, that have come from, you know, 
not necessarily like neglect situations, but where people are getting out of the business or right. they're getting too old. Or their life or changes. They're, yes. Right. Um, and they need them gone now. And they need someone to come in with the trailer, yeah. pick up the two that they have left, and you know just move on with their lives, which – that's what we've done for quite a few, and we've we've been able to successfully rehome, tra- train them. You know, we work on halter training, make sure that you know they're up to date. They get checked by the vet, and you know, so we put a considerable amount of time and money into them, and then you know, rehome them. And who qualifies to be a recipient of these rehoming? Um, they basically, I just kind of have a list going, and usually people. they people reach out to me. And they've watched our, our videos and our sure. informational stuff that we put out online. You know, I've got everything on there from how to give a shot to, hey, you know, this is what we're doing to check toenails yeah. to this alpaca through a temper tantrum today. Here's a quick snippet of it. <laughs> so funny, you know, funny stuff to educational stuff. And then they reach out to me and then I meet them in person. And then, um, you know, they, they express, obviously, that they're interested in, you know, any of the, whether they're waiting for a newborn alpaca or they want to rescue or whatever. Yeah. And like I said, rescue is not, I'm not running like a nonprofit rescue. It's more just kind of helping mm-hmm. the industry, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they, they come over for a tour and we go over a lot of the, you know, alpaca care basics and, they look at our facilities and then they, you know, kind of evaluate their own facilities and then they let us know when they're ready and they when they're ready and they want them. Um, so right now, I actually I don't have any um, that need to be rehomed well, at this good. at this current moment. That's good. Um, but we're actually making a delivery to a really special family um, down in Holt um, tomorrow. So they're getting their their three boys. They they met with us like almost a year ago at this point, and um, you know they're just the the kindest family. And they it's the mom's dream to have alpacas, and they have this beautiful country lot. And they're you know they've been working for months and months to set it up, the fencing and all that sort of stuff. And so tomorrow's the day they get to get them. Oh um, my god! Just yeah. So hi, Amy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they're super excited. And then we had. Um, about 10 days ago, we had a family reach out to us locally, and um, I, they have a very big family. They, I think there's 13 people in the family um, and that live I, you know, either right in town or right on site, and some older kids, some all the way down to infants. You know? um, and so they got three boys, and they, they, their purchase was based solely on personality and how well they were trained you know, because they have such a broad range of of kids and adults and everything and you know they text me pictures all the time and they're out hiking with them and doing all sorts of fun stuff well, what <laughs> and we're of course need, they're spoiled rotten we're going to need to learn a little bit more about alpacas and why one would want to have one as a pet yeah, so absolutely. maybe uh, coming buck, uh, up after the break maybe what you can do is kind of embellish more of what you would be getting into if mm-hmm. you had an alpaca and what you would need to have in the way of territory and space absolutely. and why you buy three of them at yeah. a time that, yeah. we'll, we'll have yeah. that conversation with Gabrielle Feitner from the Feitner Family Farm in Hazlitt uh, right after the break here on 1320 
W-I-L-S. Once in a great while, a streaming service comes along that changes the landscape of home entertainment, introducing Proust Pets, Ponds, and Water Gardens, a streaming service that changes the landscape of your landscape, featuring cutting-edge technology like running water, live fish, and rocks, with a download size between 5 and 500 gallons. Pausing your water feature is just as easy as walking away. All Proust Pets water features come with built-in theft protection, literally built into the earth. So unless someone plans on deadlifting your yard clean out of the neighborhood, your water feature is safe. Proust Pets can update your application anytime with new features, including more fish, vacuum and cleaning rentals, and troubleshooting to keep your system running smoothly. Visit Proust Pets in Old Town to learn more about the future of home entertainment. Kind of. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning all about some very interesting animals. We've talked about hair sheep, and we've talked now about alpacas, and we'll continue the break with Gabrielle uh, Feitner from the Feitner Family Farms. And Gabrielle, let's talk about how do people go about getting alpaca, what kind of pets are they, and why the heck do they need to get three of them? Yeah, you absolutely need to get three. So they um, they are very very social animals, and you know we did make that mistake by getting thinking we could just get one guard llama, um, and you know by by adding the three, she was totally happy and totally fine. So I mean. There are people that will sell, you know, maybe two in a pair. Um, but your issue with getting two is if something happens to the one, you have an emergency. It's not something you can fix in six months. It's something you need to source an alpaca within, like, 24 hours. Um, yeah. Really? It's very fast. Because, because of, uh, like, they're going to go into depression, depression, not eating, you know, getting getting wow. and laying down. We actually, that's how we got one of our females. It's actually my daughter's favorite. Her name is Hart. And her mother died. She she was the last at someone's farm. They were retiring. And, um, you know, her mother passed away and she was by herself. The lady had already been in contact with me as far as a plan. I was the backup plan and the mother died. And she literally put the alpaca in her minivan and, like, raced her over to us so that she could be with a group. Well, I guess that gets us to the questions. Tell us uh, if I've never had an alpaca. What yeah, would I expect? What, what kind of a what kind of animal is an alpaca? Um, they're very curious. They like to sniff your face and kind of get. They they are not pushy. They will not push up against you really. It, but they will you know be very very inquisitive. Um, a little bit more aloof. Um, if they really trust you, they'll let you pet them. And they like their neck scratched and you know their ears scratched a little bit too, and like their their chest. Um, but you know in general, what you need is you need some form of a shelter. You know, obviously access to, to fresh water and forage. They just they don't need a crazy high quality expensive like racehorse hay. They don't expend a lot of energy. So they just need like a, a normal nice grass hay and, you know, some area that's fenced. So you don't necessarily have to have, you know, 
30 acres to have a couple alpacas. A couple acres is totally fine. Um, and even even a little bit smaller than that, um, as long as you're willing to feed the hay throughout the year. Um, and then, you know, they have access to uh, like a mineral, a loose mineral that, um, you know, they, they lick up as, as needed. It's just, it's open for them to, to eat whenever they want. Kind of like a salt lick? Yeah, except, um, you know, normally horses and cows, you get like a block. Yeah. This is crushed. So it looks like a big bowl of like table salt, you know, with mineral. It's different color, but it has, you know, that's the texture of it. Um, And then for our breeding mamas um, that are nursing and they have a little bit more of a nutritional demand, um, we have like a grain supplement that they use. Um, You know, usually it's not just going to be like straight corn. We do get it mixed, um, you know, Mm -hmm. and it does have some mineral and things like that in it. I try to get it, um, you know, from a a mill that's locally sourced, um, you know, locally grown. But there's commercial products available, too. Um, Missouri makes a great one. Kent Feed makes a a good one, too. Um, You know, and it'll say llama and alpaca feed. You write on the bag so that it's pretty easy, and there's there's feeding directions on there. But they they do eat very very little, um, so you don't need to overgrain them, and they're just going to be eating like a flake or two of hay per day. It's I mean you're really in that two pound zone because their energy is so low. I mean you, if I have an alpaca in my backyard, am I never going to see it running around the yard? Pretty or? rare, yeah, yeah. It's just going to be standing there. Uh, well, no, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, no, it it grazes a lot and they do play a lot, especially around dusk time. They'll start to play a lot. Uh Um, but as far as like, are they out running? Are they trekking? I mean, not, not really. They love to just sit and loaf. Um, half the time, if you think your alpaca is dead, it's actually just taking a nap and charging its solar cells on its belly. Wow. (laughs) Um, cause they, if it's really nice out, they'll, they'll go and just loaf. I mean, they love just a good sandy dry spot and just like stretch out and take a nap. Now some a question. Um, I know this is true about llamas, probably alpacas. Do they not go to the bathroom in just one area? They do, yeah. So they um, will pick. I mean, our pasture is big enough that they have several bathroom spots that they pick, but they will all go and it's kind of like um, people with the ladies' room. They will all go together, too. Oh, really? A lot of times they'll take a turn. Like, it'll be one, and then they'll walk away, and then the next one will go, and then walk away. And a lot of times if one starts the train, like, a lot of them will go in a row. May I ask what the poop looks like? It uh, looks like rabbit poop. Okay. Yep. So, so small it, yep, it's small. It's um it can be put directly on plants. It's got it doesn't have a lot of nutrient content right. in it. So it can be put on as a quote unquote cold compost. You can just throw it in your garden, throw it in your lawn. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I've got tons of it. If gardeners want any, just do let gardeners me know. know about it? Oh uh, yeah, oh and yeah. Do you have people show up and uh-huh. they want it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I need to start some racket like that at the store. <laughs> yes, selling poop. I got lots of poop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just not llama poop. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a pretty desirable fertilizer for sure. Um, and then, should we hit the big topic? <laughs> now, having had <laughs> one encounter with an alpaca yeah. and having gotten bombed by it, not not pooped on, but spit on, yes. talk about that because do people have heard spit? of it. Yeah. yeah, do they spit? <laughs> have you been spit on? Absolutely. Um, that is an immediate shower. Like, it is it's like... It's no small affair, huh? It is it's no... Yeah. Are they just so, standing in the yard accumulating spit? No. 
No, no. So, so okay. So you have to. Um, I have been spit on a, f- a few times, and I can see the producer laughing. It's, it's disgusting. It is green, and it I'm smells sorry. like vomit. Like, oh no! Like adult vomit, not like cute baby vomit, where it's like some milk or something. Like disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, oh, it was lined me up. Oh yeah, my right? god! Okay, Rick, so, it's a Ghostbusters special. Yeah. So it is disgusting. That being said, it is very rare, very, very rare. I've never had an alpaca really try to intentionally spit at me. Um, I had one time where... Unlike Lee. Yes. Yeah, right? He spits a lot, right? <laughs> now, now we're going to learn, Lee, what, what was that llama really thinking when he spat on you? Yes. Was it a good so thing? It was, probably, was it a sign of affection? It was a or, male. Was it a male? Uh, yes. It was probably he's guarding his ladies. Okay. If, if I had ah. to guess. If I had to guess, you're an intruder. You're threatening, you're, Lee. So, like, threatening. I... It was the bald head. I always get along better with the males. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know if they sense the like the manliness of like my husband or the testosterone. They can feel it, but they, I always, are, the males always behave better for me. So your husband's been sped husband. on a few more times. Usually, it's the girls that are spitting though. Um, so what oh. it is, I mean, the boys will spit if over territory, um, over over females, and they will wrestle. They come up at each other and they chest bump like two like friends boys at a party and then they wrap their necks around each other and they scream and yell and they try and bite each other but you know they don't have top teeth so they can't really do a lot of damage um, yeah they, we didn't talk about that but no top teeth yeah, no that, top listeners. teeth and they do they do come with fighting teeth um, those are filed down so they're not sharp um, like pretty much as soon as they're in um, so they can't really do a lot of damage but they do wrestle a lot huh. and that is for dominance. There's a lot of spitting while they are wrestling. And they are spitting. Yes, and it is green. Um, and they probably stink like heck. you got to hose them down afterwards. Uh, yeah, or they roll around, you know, yeah, and it comes off. Because it's mainly, it's chewed up grass and yeah. juices. Um, <laughs> but it still stinks. It's, it's really bad. St- yeah, it's stinky. Um, so the males are spitting the most at each other. If I go into the male pen and I'm like, knock it off, you use your, your mom voice or your parent voice, and they will generally stop, and they're not spitting at us. You can totally get caught in the crossfire, though. Um, yes. And that's that's generally what happens. Um, and same thing with the females. I had, um, I've had one of our females spit at me and my husband at various points, either when they're about to get sheared because they know they're going to be messed with or when they're about to get um, a shot. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, they do get a monthly um, ivermectin mm. um, shot to prevent M-worm. But, so, that, but that brings up a good point, which is they're very smart animals. Crazy they're, smart. Yes. I mean, yeah. more smart than most people, I think, understand. Yes. So they, um, I really, really enjoy training them. Um, they're really, really smart. I always start, I kind of have my own method. I just made it up um, because there's not a lot of info online for any of this stuff. Um, I get, you know, one of those dog treat pouches Mm -hmm. that you snap on your belt. I have one of those and then I separate them from the flock. So we're in a smaller pen and then I get them to follow my shoulder and walk with just follow the treats in my hand. That's goal one. Mm -hmm. 
And then um, obviously, you know, you build on that with, okay, now we're going to put a halter on you and you're going to go places. And then we're going to try walking through gates. We're going to lift feet, that sort of thing. Gabrielle. Until they're well behaved. I I hate to cut you off, but we are just about out of time. If people want information, how do they find you online? Uh, Probably the easiest is just on our Facebook page, um, Feitner Family Farms. And then there's a chat feature there and you can send us a message. You know, I try and reply pretty promptly. Um, And yeah, if you have any questions or you're searching for a certain type of alpaca, um, you know, some people come and they say, I only want brown ones or whatever. You name it. I mean, we can pretty much either breed it or find it. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. We've been talking today with Gabrielle Feitner and Rick. This could go on forever and I'm sure we're going to have you back. Uh, But on behalf of our producer, Grant LaFave and Rick Proust in the studio, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a great weekend, great week ahead. Let's talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Meantime, please, please take good care of your pets. Have a great week. Bobby, Joe, and Betty got a real nice farm. Everybody knows that they work real hard. Bobby, Joe, sweating in the noonday sun. Betty right beside him till the work's all done.